Welcome to the Tall Potty Syndrome, where we talk all things sport. This one's for the Facebook coaches, the Instagram selectors, but most importantly, those people at the pub that would have made it if it wasn't for those dodgy knees. Brought to you by two blokes that were so average they couldn't even blame injury for why they didn't make it. Over to you boys. Welcome to the Tall Potty Syndrome. This is episode number eight. I'm your host, Lee, uh, here with Sam. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Good good to be here again. Best time of the season in in rugby league, whatever you follow, Aussie rules, it's all happening. Ripping week of sport, though, isn't it? Because we've got uh, NRL fight prelims, you know, yeah. that realistically, you know, two of the best games of the year, well, hopefully anyway. We've got the AFL grand final as well, um, and that's a nighttime one. Oh, no, it's, it's evening for us, so we'll be able to watch that and then go straight into the rugby league. Um, we've then got um, EFL Cup. Uh, oh, sorry, Carabao Cup. We've also got EPL. We've got some internationals coming up in the, in the football. We've got unbelievable racing coming up. We've got the Golden Rose, which is a big one for the three-year-olds, um, as well as we see Zaki. See if he can pick off one of those four group ones that I said he wouldn't. Bold prediction. Um We've got, there's heap, just heaps of shit on. The one-day cricket started, yeah, domestic cricket. We're watching a bit of that earlier today in South, South Australia. We're doing what they do best, lose. WA with pretty much Australia. Yeah, yeah, correct. Giving it to them. Um, so, yeah, we've got lots happening. Really exciting. And, you know, unfortunately what that means is there's going to be soon not be a lot coming up. You Might know, be a slim few weeks. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. After that, but um, there's heaps happening. I'm really excited for it. But let's get into it, mate. We had lots happening in the NRL this week, despite the fact that there was only two games. There yeah. was still a lot, lot happening. So, uh, lead us off, mate. Uh, get us into the first game of the week was uh, your mates playing the Roosters. Yeah. What did what'd you make of that? How much did you watch, mate? I did watch that one, obviously, okay. and uh, I'm surprised you lasted. Yeah, it was um, it was a tough one. Manly, mm. well, I, they came into that one red hot favourites, and the mm. Roosters they just sort of it's almost a reserve grade side. I think mm. when you look at some of the guys that are out there, Keir, uh, Adam Kieran in the centres, Drew Hutchinson, yeah. some of those guys obviously still got your Jared Hargraves, mm. but the hooker I'd never heard of him mm. <laughs> before the weekend. Yeah. Do your best. Was it Ben Marshkey or yeah, I haven't heard of him. He's Radley's mate. Good luck to your kid. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's, played, he's probably played 10 NRL, NRL game, games this year. Yeah, probably mostly this year when, yeah, have, when yeah, friends have been yeah. down and barrels. He's like full down. strength, but... Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it showed, You're I right. guess. Was you, know, you know where I thought it showed? Is um, I think they gave away maybe three or four seven tackle sets because they kicked it a couple of metres long. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that just shows inexperience in the big moments. You know, I think even Teddy was one of them, but at the end of the day, Teddy's not a kicker. You know, if, yeah. if he's the one... That's um that's kicking for you. Then then you're in a bit of strife. Where's your where's your halves? Um, He's got his ACL yeah. done. Luke Carey's been out all year. It's been, know, been rough for the Roosters. I mean the halves playing. <laughs> yeah, Drew Hutchinson. You know, take a bit of control, Lockie right? Um, you know you shouldn't have your 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 best runner um, kicking. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I saw there was a couple of moments there where it was it really showed the inexperience. Um, and even just things like Adam Kieran's been brilliant, mate. But DC was was fantastic on the weekend, and just as some of the change of directions, just had guys that were really not used to defending in positions that they were, um, just caught out. And mm. yeah, obviously, yeah, like I said, that I think the inexperience and the, the lack of um, depth that they have left. Not yeah. the fact that they've got lack of depth because they've you know they've been fantastic this year, but had so many injuries. 
that unfortunately just didn't have a whole lot left and it really showed on the weekend. Yeah, yeah and Manly go through to the prelim. There's a mm. bit of a few question marks, I think, about Manly that potentially they're flat-track bullies. We mm. saw against Melbourne, they showed nothing, but mm. they can flog up my roosters and yeah. they can, you know, beat up beat up teams maybe below them. I guess that'll get tested this weekend and maybe they'll, they'll silence a few of them. Are Manly better than the Rabbits? I don't know. I think that they've had very similar seasons. Obviously, mm. South Sydney conceded, was it 50 or 60? But Manly at the start road. of the year were... I mean, the Roosters that kicked off their season with 40 past Manly. Yeah. I think Manly... I don't know. I think everyone's really behind Manly because we want to see Turbo. But yep. I think South are, South are a good side. Pretty even Cody matchup, Walker's probably had a season. If you, if Turbo hadn't done what he'd done, mm. we'd probably all be saying Cody mm. Walker. Yeah, for sure. The other game was... Big controversy, though. Yeah, let's talk about that one. Was it 8-6? Yep. Penrith get home and... Mm-hmm. Um, no points in the second half. I, I can't remember the last time I saw that. Yeah, and I guess it was really testament to how tough... It was really physical. I couldn't mm. take my eyes off a day in that mm. second half. It was mm-hmm. probably one of the best games of footy. Yep. Well, yeah, I feel like I say that every week. <laughs> some game I've watched, but... No, it was awesome. And early on, there was a try early. Moses... <clears throat> Excuse me, Moses with the try assist early with, off his boot and throughout that mm. game, even though they didn't score again, he always threatened. And mm-hmm. against 12 men, Moses wanted to put them away, but they didn't get that chance. The yeah. trainers come on and yeah, I saw they copped a fine, but that's yeah. the best $25,000 they'll spend. Crazy, isn't it? How, like, how do you... $25,000 is nothing. That's fucking nothing. Maybe a player that's, that's you know, mm. you know, you know, 5% of, of some players, 10%. 20% of some players' salary, you know. Um, whereas a club, that's fucking nothing. Yeah, I'm sure. the size of Penrith as a club, they're huge, you know. Like, oh, it's just it's just crazy that, that you know, that what that opens up to is, what, why can't every team just start doing that now? 25000 is the only, copy $25,000 fine to, to win a tight game, wouldn't you? Like, yeah, you'd do it again this weekend, next weekend yeah. if you had to. Day of the week. So, it, in and the fact that it's it's I mean you know fair enough the trainer but the problem is they're in a prelim now if they lose this week the trainer gets a one week ban that's it yeah and they'll probably just put like they're really nameless faceless sort of blokes aren't yeah. they in the orange no one will fucking realise that he's missing you know yeah it's yeah definitely Parramatta have every right to feel hard done by mm. the the twenty five thousand dollar fine doesn't help them mm. yeah correct I don't know solution though what's the solution. Bigger fine, million dollars. The problem is now with two weeks left, what are you going to do? Like, you know, I feel like we're at a point in the season, what's what's done sort of done. They're going to have to look at it over the off season. Mm, mm, mm. Because here's the thing, you can can blame the trainer to that you're blue in the face, but really when you look back at it, I mean... He'd, he'd be under instruction, yeah. you know, from from the coach coaches. And if he doesn't, do yeah, it. just go, mate. If you know, if it's a tight game, just just you know, put your arm up. Like I remember, I was playing local league, mate. It was nothing, and um, I um got a knock to my knee, and I was prepared to try and run it off. And the trainer was like, "Nah, mate, go down, go down, go down. We'll get it. We'll get a stoppage." And I was like, oh, "I just want to try and run it off," but you know, it's it's gonna you know it's gonna be even more so at yeah. NRL level. Um, especially those guys, you know, Mitch Kenny, I don't know, you know, it's late on in the game. He's probably made 30 tackles for the match. He probably just goes, fuck yeah, I could use a rest. Like, yeah, mm. let, let, you know, and all the, you know, same thing. And obviously all the Penrith defensive line are, are looking for a break as well when attacking teams 13 metres out from the line. And 
games on the line, you know. Um, it was huge, that moment. And with Pangai coming <clears throat> back on the field as well, like mm. I think I heard Penrith made something like 14 or 15 interchanges mm. on the weekend. Mm-hmm. They really exploit yeah. every advantage they can, whether it's, you know, trainers stopping play or any little slap to the face where going HIA and free interchange. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Penrith seems seem to be the best at it. Yeah. Why can't they give a penalty away in that situation? What, what, because what everyone, I- if you watch the replay, I mean, I was... I, I'd gone to Redcliffe that day and we got one of those packages, mate. So I'd couple of beers had a skinful, yeah. Um, yeah, just a couple of quiet, couple of teas, yeah, um, and some biscuits. No, but um, I, I, I wasn't really, I was just enthralled in the match, you know, you don't really play it. But if you watch the replay, you can tell that the game, he stopped the game, that there's no trainer around. That's a pen, like if, if the game is stopped and a guy's at the back, the, the rule is the trainer has to be there and do an assessment before they can call time off. So how's that not a, how can they just stop play for one? But why can't they just go, oh, well, that's a penalty if the, if a founder have the trainer, because apparently what the trainer did was told the touchy that they need to call the time off and then the touchy let the, let yeah. Klein know. I know that saying. you could, well, blow a penalty and then para kick two points to win a game for, is that what you mean? Like, yeah. not, I don't know. I guess in that moment, do, though, like it's illegal. Yeah, dog the rules. I think they're dogging it in the sense of like the the injury making out the injury is worse than it is, and you're not going to know that until I think after. Yeah, but what I'm saying is they should blow a penalty if the trainer's not there with the person, because the trainer wasn't there with the person when they called time off. Well, the referee's the one who calls time off. Yeah, well. Should he? He should be sacked. He should be sacked. Well, he won't be. <laughs> no, I, I think everyone's come down on the trainer. But uh, yeah, if the, it was the, is a rule, the trainer's meant to be on the field. You're saying? Yeah, the trainer has to do an assessment before they can call time off. So the referee maybe takes a little bit of blame in in stopping the 100%. play when he shouldn't have. Hundred percent. I don't know. I, Either I, way, it doesn't help Para matter. And yeah. Two big games this weekend though. Poor old Para. Poor. Para. Yeah. I um. Another controversial point out of, the, out of that match, mate, and I want to know your thoughts on it. Is the the disallowed try to uh, Luai in the in the first half and maybe the first twenty minutes or something like that, where um, Burton's contacted the outside shoulder of Moses? Mm. Did you see that one? Yeah. Thoughts? I thought it was an obstruction. I thought so yeah. too. Feel good. You know, we didn't play at the top level though. So no, yeah. So sorry, Gus. Yeah, no. Yeah. But it looked to me like definitely as though it impacted Mitchell Moses. I don't know if Moses would have made the tackle, but it was one of those ones where he, he, he definitely would have. Look, I, I um I understand the point. I, I watched no fuck one hundred percent footy or whatever. I watched this segment and they um Gus and Gul and Gus and um Gal were were being Gus and Gal. They were talking about it, and Gal made a really fair point that the whole point of the the block plays and all that sort of stuff, and the whole point of what you're doing is you're looking for an overlap, right? You're mm. looking to get a, a defender bite in earlier, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And he said, you know, he's got a problem with it because they didn't actually use the gap that Moses. They went to the outside gap. They didn't yeah. actually ever go to the obstructed defender. Yeah. So he goes, I'd like to argue if it was actually an instruction because he never came into play, you know what I mean? And I'm like, that's actually a fair point, but the problem with that is there's so much grey area. You know, at the end of the day, they made the rule to to do that. You know, I, I had a problem the other week with, you know, catching it in behind, but if a lead runner takes out a defender, like that's a different story, you know. Mm. If a if a lead runner stops before the line, I think there's there's an argument to say that should be play on. But that's you know, it, that's probably more complications like we discussed the other week. 
Um, they obviously invented the rule to make it black and white. And here's the thing. Everyone was blowing up, and I had a problem with this. Everyone was blowing up that Moses took a dive. And I'm like, why the fuck wouldn't he? Because last week, Dylan Brown got hit on his outside shoulder by a lead runner, didn't go down, and they scored. Yeah. So if Dylan Brown goes down, it's a penalty. So yeah. Mitch Moses is like, I'm just going to go down. Like, that's, there's a reason why players fucking dive, because otherwise they don't give a penalty. Yeah. Parramatta, so there's a couple of dives. So you see Fergie... Yeah, oh yeah, that was Academy terrible. For that one. See, that's 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 a problem with the game. Yeah, that's a big problem with the game. We all yeah. have no soccer and, and things, and correct, um, we exactly the it's, same in the NRL. It's they're rewarding players to go and go down. Mm. You know, like I said, Dylan Brown. Like if they blow that penalty to Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses doesn't feel the need to go down the next week. Yeah, you know, um, or he might he might still go down or whatever it may be. But then you've got to. It, then you've got an argument to say, well, you know, he didn't need to, or it's a dive, or whatever it may be. They need to take diving out of the game. Um, I don't know how you do that, but I guess a start would be not penalising players because they start, you know, penalising against players because the other player stays down. Especially fucking crushes. That shits me off. Yeah, it's probably... Half the crushes that they put on report and give penalties for are not even fucking crushes. Guys miss weeks and weeks for crusher tackles. Oh, shit, and- man. And then the thing, they want to take it seriously, like the neck and everything. But then players like Blake Ferguson makes a mockery of it mm. on the weekend and mm. we all get frustrated. I he know. gets up and wants to fight straight away. Shouldn't they just reverse the penalty right there and then? Fuck it, mate. You stayed down. You're a dog. Yellow card. No, yes. <laughs> Go and sit down. They give you yellow well, card for do, diving, don't they? Yeah. In, in football, yeah. Mm. Yellow cards for diving. I mean, so. it's very rare that they actually give it because there's plenty of dives out there. But Yeah, but I mean, like that that was a pretty obvious one, wasn't it? Mm. The way that he bounced back to his yeah. feet. Like, come on. I, they've got to do something about it. It frustrates me so much to see players diving and playing for penalties. But the f- problem is they keep rewarding that mm. behavior. So, you know, the only way to stop it is stop rewarding it. Don't blow a penalty or, you know, like, fuck. I completely understand why they, they, you know, blew a penalty for Mitch Moses at the end of the day. Lead runner, contact the outside shoulder. Whether he's going to make the tackle or not, I don't know. But by the rules, it's pretty clear cut. It's pretty yeah. evident. Um, I can understand that, you know, what, you know, guys like Gallon and stuff are talking about. But things like Fergie, that's the one thing we don't want to see in the game. Yeah, I'm happy with seeing Moses go down off a bit of light contact because... Like whatever, that's you know, that's nothing. But so see, feigning a serious injury, feigning a serious injury for a penalty, it's nah, that's not on to me. Yeah, you know the other. I feel like Moses is a bit of gamesmanship. I've done it before. You know where I've just been. I've know I've been a bit caught out in in defence. I'm a bit tired towards the end of the game. I did it in a prelim one one game, and we got the penalty. We ended up scoring at the kick. You know, a bit of karma hit me. I missed the kick conversion to win the game. Um, so we got knocked out, but. No, the tie of the game. Anyway, um, but I was like, I'm out of position. I'm not going to make this tackle one-on-one, I don't think. So I just went and just ran into the – and I sort of half fell down. But I just, like, stunned my momentum a little bit and um, blew the penalty. Anyway, play on. It was risky. You know, 50-50, you can't go upstairs and check that sort of shit, you know, when you're playing under-18s footy, right? Um, but I'm like, I feel like that's just a bit of games and shit. You know, you're, yeah. you're trying to win the game, you know, whereas I feel like the other ones just – it's a bit of a dog act day, just pretending you've got a neck injury just so you can get a penalty and then bounce back up and you're all good. Just like football players do it all the time. Soccer yeah. players, you know, they roll around 15 times, hold their head for a kick to the foot. If he they... doesn't bounce to his feet, the player potentially gets 
suspended too. Mm. Say he doesn't get up and try and fight him, but he still say he still fakes it, but he doesn't jump up mm. and act like that. It makes you wonder how often how many of the crushers hundred percent just a bit of rubbing in the neck, and then you know you see him three minutes later, and they're taking a hit up, and you're like, yeah. fuck, they look fine, you know. And if you get about that penalty that just happened, you know, you're right, mate. I um I've never liked a crusher penalty, especially because a couple of different reasons. Well, look. 99% of the time these days, they're not trying to put you in a crusher position. It's just unfortunate. It's just mm. awkward, you know. Um, and, yeah, like you said, I get the point they're trying to take that seriously. But, um, like, yeah, crusher tackles five years ago were different to what they are now. I think the big problem is players backing into tackles. Correct. Walking backwards and... Because they found that that's where you get the most post-contact metres from. Yeah. And you get an opportunity for offload and you're a bit more dangerous to get three or four in the tackle. It's just awkward. Like, it's not a penalty. It's just awkward. Yeah. Anyway, would you... What The other thing that um, was controversial from the Panthers game, what did you make of the high tackle that got the got the penalty for the Panthers before the half that they converted for, for a cheeky two to win the game? I can't even... Can't remember? Who made the... Oh, it was a dead set. Barely hit him in the throat. Dead set. Hit him across the, I don't know, shoulder blade. I mean, not the shoulder blade. What's the collarbone? Hit yeah. him around the collarbone. That was a high tackle. And it ended up being the two points. That, yeah. I guess I forgot about that in the everything that happened <laughs> yeah, in the second half. Oh, yeah. I'm not a fan of that. Anyway, I think it's crazy that the bunker can come in and, and make all these real, you know, adjudications, that sort of stuff, but they can't change, you know, like... You can come out and give a penalty from, for downtown. Yeah, downtown from you know four tackles ago, um, or you know you can go. Oh, this you know that what um, I can't. That's right, Tommy Turbo. You know how he got hit late. I'm, I don't know what you th- your thoughts on that, but I think that's a fair penalty because he was late. He he passed the ball before old mate had gone to engage. It, you know, before he before he left to put the hit on. I think that's fair enough. It was late. It doesn't matter how hard he hit him. He hit him like fucking pedal um, in the wind. But you know, it was still late. But they did that. Like it was like two or three tackles later, they come in and said, "Hey, mate, there's you know back yeah. there there was a penalty. Why the fuck can't you do that?" You go, "Oh, hey, by the way, that wasn't actually high." Yeah, just restart, mm. and it's frustrating because you see another like in the Parramatta Penrith game, Jerome Luai pulling back Mitchell Moses mm. in support. That's another one, yep. But the the bunker can't apparently come in there. And why not? Well, you've got to wonder why not because, as you said, they come in three tackles later, and yeah, because that's a professional fail. Yeah, it's 10 that in the was bin. A, didn't Jake Trebojevic got 10 in the bin in a semi against the Rabbits? Remember that couple yeah, of years ago yeah. for doing the same thing? Yeah. Pulling down a support player? Yeah. He got 10 in the bin yeah. and that cost them a game. Yeah. Anyway, there's there's so much to fucking dissect from that match. And, uh, yeah, if I was a para fan, I'd be pretty filthy. I reckon it might have saved Arthur's job, though. Yeah, I think so because I guess <laughs> no one's well. Param didn't perform poorly, you know. Parramatta had a guts out. Yeah, just, yeah, couldn't quite get there. I don't. I just still don't. They've. I don't know what they need to do. I don't think Dylan Brown's the right option. I think they probably need to look elsewhere. Um, I think he just hasn't kicked on. I think they're on the right track, mate. I think Brown's a good player. I think Moses is a good player. I think Brown's a good player. I don't think you win a comp with him though. Well, I'd give the kid a couple of years, especially, you know who they really missed? It was Reed Marnie. 
Yeah, correct. I think they're definitely a two-point better side with, with him. In yeah, the, could, and especially how poor was the hooker for Ray Stone. Stone. He yeah. made a couple of knock-ons if you put yeah, well, Reed money a, in there. Yeah, he's a lock. Like he's, he's, I, I wouldn't, have, wouldn't be able to tell you when he actually played hooker in his life, I reckon. Yeah. He's a, he's a good footballer, but he, like he runs and tackles hard. But he, yeah, he's definitely not a hooker. Well, it showed because right. he couldn't pick the ball up off the ground. Yeah, correct. Yeah, there's a couple of there's a couple of poor service. Yeah. as well. But yeah, yeah poor right at the end they had yeah. a chance and he threw a poor pass mm. and the ball and put it down. Mm. So yeah, I think that yeah, I, I know I think there's a lot of upsides at Parramatta. They're, they're, I think there's there's just something in them that they're just not quite there yet. I don't think they'd be able to if they went to the grant even if they come to this week. They took on Melbourne. I reckon they get pumped. They beat them last time. You're right. Yes, but I, I don't know. I just I just feel like they don't have that extra. I feel like they haven't got an extra gear. I feel like Melbourne played really poor. Parramatta played their best, and they won by you know whatever it was 10, 12 points or whatever. And that was probably Melbourne's worst game of the year. Yeah, that was one of Parramatta's better games of the year, mm. and there was still only two tries in it. You know what I mean? Like I feel like if if Melbourne play the way they did against Manly, it's you know thirty to ten or something like that. Like it's is a pretty easy easy victory. I just I don't know something about Para. I just don't think they've got an extra extra gear in them. Eh? I'm all about Para. Yep. Yeah, I've been okay. saying that. For yep. a, uh, obviously, week one of the potty, I think I gave him a big rap. Yeah, yep. the other team to watch. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that there's just. A lot of upside. Mitch Moses did like they did. They couldn't score another try in the second half when mm. they needed to, but he didn't stop trying. So that's what I mean. Like he, I, I don't mind Mitch Moses and he cops a lot of shit and that sort of stuff. But I, I don't know. I don't feel like Dylan Brown's the right guy to to, to win a comp with a main. Like I don't know he's only young and you know three years, but I feel like he hasn't progressed at all mm. since year one. I feel like he was playing better football in year one than he was most of this year. You know what I mean? Like. For a rookie, I don't know. Like it just, you're three years in now. You should be getting improving a game, and I feel like he's not really improving any game. Like I feel like Para wouldn't go backwards if he was out last week, you know, or the whole year. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know. Just he um, reminds me a little bit of Corey Norman. That's that's a bit stiff. No, but no, no just in the way he goes about. Like I, I'm a big fan of Corey Orman, or I was well, anyway. I, Why know, he's rubbish? No, <laughs> he's now. But back um, well, back when in so, 2019, when he, in yeah. the first year that he signed with St George, he won us like four games that year. Yeah, and, and I was be, brilliant. I remember his debut for Brisbane too. And, yeah, he was good. Yeah. And he, when he went first went to Parry, he was good as well. Yeah, um, he won us two games in a row off his boot. Lost the game with a field goal, first attempt. You know, like. I, I was a fan of him, but I feel like Corey Norman's problem, and I feel like Dylan Brown's the same problem. They're too they're too cruisy for their own good. Yeah. They look like West Indies cricketers. You know, they just kind of cruise around, and they look like they've, you know, feel like they've got more time than what they actually have. And they, you know, I know they would be trying, but they look like they're not always trying. Bit of curios. Yeah. Well, Parramatta, we'll see how they go next year. Who do you think's going to win this weekend, bud, in the, in the prelims? You've got some tips. Yeah, pretty confident in Manly, uh, Melbourne, mate. Melbourne then, to get through. Uh, yeah, I think Mel- Manly will get get the Rabbits. Yeah. I think, I feel like... And then it's Melbourne's you know, final to lose. R- rabbits, it? I've got the same argument that Rabbits with... Well, and I obviously said Melbourne and Manly at, at you know, first episode. Um, but I feel like Rabbits played as best they possibly could for that the side that they've got. Against Penrith, you know, I feel like they had a really good game. They defended really well. Um, 
I feel like they were the best they possibly could be at the moment. I feel like they lose the X factor with Latrell, and they'll probably lose an extra, you know, 12. I feel like, we'll put it this way, they're, they're dominant on the left side, right? And so when they go down the left side, you always got Latrell sweeping. Now, what Latrell does that Blake Taft doesn't, I'm not saying Blake Taft's a, a bad player at all. What I'm saying is Latrell will attack two to, attract two to three defenders, whereas Blake Taft probably attracts one. Yeah. You know, they go, oh, yeah, I, you know, I trust my inside man to make that one, tackle one-on-one. Yeah. Whereas Latrell, you're going, fuck, do I or don't I? Like, is he right? Oh, mate, I need to rush in. And then, boom, the winger comes in, and then all of a sudden they've got an overlap try time. Does that make sense? So I yeah. just feel that um, I feel that they might just lack that X factor to really get the four or five tries that they probably need to against a, a red-hot Manly side if they're on. I, know, I think Manly, as I said, I think they're flat-track bullies and Cody Walker is still in the team. Mm-hmm. He's been dynamite this year. I, I don't know. I hate them both. I couldn't give a toss. <laughs> yeah. they both so what's them. your tip, mate? <laughs> I'm going to go south because I had the week okay. off and because the master coach, I okay. think he, he'll have the game plan and a week off's massive. Well, mainly basically just had a week off, didn't they? Yeah, Training I guess right? so. I guess so. <laughs> it probably wasn't as physical as, uh, as the other game, but yeah. I know he's still got still to get up for it mm. all the same and prepare for it in South Sydney. They've just, they would have been training for Manly for, for two weeks now. Yeah, for sure. What's your, uh, what's your thoughts on, on where Penrith are at right now, mate? Yeah, what does this if they lose on the weekend? What does that do to their confidence? Being a young side that's dominated all home and away season, and all of a sudden they come unstuck again, and when it counts, the young blokes, the Luai's and the Toys, their mm. confidence seems unshakable mm. to me. So I'm sure yeah. they'll be back next year. They seem to have run out of ideas though in attack. Hey, and yeah, they were was- they were really bad. I thought. Yeah, well, we saw in the. Um, in that match against the Rabbits, like I was saying, I think last week it was, that they just looked like they were out of ideas in the last 15 minutes or so. They looked like they were just trying too hard and they were trying everything possible. Um, whereas you go back to the start of the year when they were dominant, especially in attack, they just kept running similar sort of plays, just like the same as Rabbits. Rabbits literally for the last two years have just run the same block plays out the back. And they just keep hitting different things. And they, like I said, the X factor, you know, you bring, you have Latrell Mitchell coming around at the, on the edge at a full, at full tilt and he's on your outside shoulder. The outside defender goes, fuck, I need to have a look here and, and, and make my decision. That's when teams work the best. You know, you look at Melbourne, same thing. They like just play good old fashioned structured footy. Um, and they hit it at speed and they, they, be where they need to be, and they trust each other and all that sort of stuff, whereas I feel like that's kind of gone. They're panicking a little bit, Penrith. They're going to need to be at their best this weekend because mm. Melbourne's been everyone's tip for probably most of the season, mm-hmm. and they've got a couple of X-Factors in, in Pappenhausen and Addo Carr and Olo. Olo, not even good enough to get a mention as Dallium Centre of the Year, but... He did. He got instated this year. Now this Like, they just put him in today. Oh, well, well done. As a nominee. There was enough uh, public outrage about that. So, no, but there's... They're going to score points, so Penrith are going to need to fix that this week. Mm. Right, speaking of Dally M, geez, they botched it. Two nights. When is it What's tonight? The do they, oh, they, they start, no, I think they do it in next, next one next week or something. That's it. Yeah, they do it over two nights. Yeah. That's fucking dumb, isn't it? Just felt that. And there hasn't really been that interest in it this year. Mm. It's probably hard, though, because there's normally an event in, mm. in Sydney somewhere, and they've probably got some 
some spicy COVID problems <laughs> to handle. But yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see who wins it. You think Turbo should, but mm. you could make a case for. So they've done it real weird. I don't know if how much you've seen of it, but they've done the votes up till round twenty, mm. and then they're going to do the rest on the second night. So we already know who's, and they've come out with five people that are going to be the top five essentially. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Seems like a dumb system. I mean, that sounds fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. It just takes out the theater of it. You know, we saw. Um, I don't know if you caught much of the Brownlow, but. Um, the AFL, obviously best and fairest medal. Um, it was, I think the the guy that came fourth, I think fourth or even third. No, I think he came third. It was the first time in history that five play, four or more players polled over thirty votes. Um, I think the guy that came third would have won all bar six, all the brand loan all bar six years. Yeah, the guy that came second would have won all bar two years. I think. Um, so it was just remarkable, but the countdown and right at the end, you're like, fuck, I don't know who's going to win. Like, you know, it takes a theater out of it. Like, you know, it was 36 points, then 33, then 31, then 30 and 30 or something like that. Something along those lines. And it like, it just opens up going, Oh, did they have a good game last one? And now we know five people that are going to be the top five. And it's like, Oh, well, let's just see who's number one, I guess. Yeah. I don't know, it doesn't seem excited. Like, I get excited when you get, like, a random person floating up through there and you're like, fuck, they get, you know, what happens after they win? And mm. you, you get into it. Um, so it's DCE, Turbo, Teddy, Wal- Teddy Walker. Nathan Cleary. Cleary. Um, you'd think Turbo probably wins. The only thing, though, is that, like, with Tedesco, I know that he, he probably hasn't had as good a season as Turbo and it probably hasn't even been Teddy's best season, but... Because the Roosters have had so many players out, he's, he's carried the team. If they win, he gets three. Yeah, and that's like last year, Whiten won it, right? Mm-hmm. When Whiten mm-hmm. probably didn't deserve to. So I think that there's that a chance was, for a bit of controversy this year. I'll, yeah, I've got a big problem with Whiten winning last year for the simple fact that he didn't even win his own player award. Yeah. You know, like the Canberra. He didn't even win best player in Canberra, but he won the best player in the whole competition. Maybe a flaw in the voting yeah. system. And I think that's why it opens it up. You can clearly see that Turbo's been the best player, but has he played enough games? Well, Tedesco's, I mean, not Tedesco, Tuvasa Shek's like third at the moment. Yeah. After around 20, obviously he didn't play any after that, but... It just kind of shows when you haven't got much around you that you can pull points, and I think that's Teddy's a Mm. big chance. Mm. I think think Turbo is still the red-hot favourite. I think he's maybe one vote off the lead at the moment. Um, And and we know he think if he polls any more, he gets three votes. Yeah. but you're right, Teddy's, you know, Teddy probably going to be second or third, I think, maybe. But yeah, but I don't know that them. it's really a fair indication either. I wouldn't say he's been the second or third best mm. player in the comp this year. Mm. Maybe on effort. You know what the problem is going to be, though? Everyone's going to absolutely spray DCE and how bad the system is because DCE's in the top five, even though he's had a fucking had good, a good year. Season, <laughs> like, every single time he plays well, everyone's off him. Yeah. Every time he plays badly, everyone's on him um, and roasts him, poor bloke. Can't get a win, can he? Anyway, oh, well, he's rich. He's had a pretty good life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Outside of... Sure, being, he doesn't mind. Yeah. Bagged every day of, the, of his life. But, um, yeah, the Dalian M was just, a, I think, just another thing that the NRL has gotten wrong at the moment as an organisation. I think the organisation, yeah, I don't know. I've been pretty critical of them this year. But I think they've, they've done a few things wrong this year. I don't think they're headed in the right direction. Uh, would love to see the game. Head in the right direction, but unfortunately, I don't know. Just yeah, it's frustrating watching 
um, some of the decisions being made at the moment. But anyway. But in better news, mate, I did go down to Redcliffe and watch a bit of the action. Mm. Had a good win uh, in the elimination final, 40-20. to 20. Um, And it was, uh, yeah, they, they yeah, pretty much led from way to go. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was good to, good to be back watching that at ready. And field looked amazing. And now I'm maybe all for the, you know, 17th teammate. Get him in. Yeah, and we'll be back there grand final in the... In the, in the Queensland Cup. Cup. Yeah, hopefully we can make it. Hopefully the Finns up the Finns. Bit of incentive there for the boys. Mm. They've got a couple of decent names in there. Jaden Nikarima. Mm. I was pretty excited by him when he was at the Roosters. Yeah. Yeah, and then he had that horrible season, eh? Like 2013 or whatever. When did you get the spoon? 2014. I think it was well. It was no, like 16. Was, yeah, 16. Okay, then. Um, I think he was a naughty boy. I he, think he... No, he... Um, no, yeah, he was, but remember, he Mitch. That was the year that Mitch Pierce was naughty yeah. boy, and then he played the first seven games or whatever, yeah, yeah. and he only went one one, I think, in that mm. whole time. To be fair, Hastings, him and Hastings, yeah. yeah, and then they both got dropped, I think, and then I think they were both naughty boys, and then they both got the sack, and then and then they've been climbing their way back ever since. I think Jaden even might have stopped playing for a little bit too, and then um, yeah, came back and he. He played some some local grade, and then yeah, obviously got picked up by Reddy, and he's had a fantastic year. And then yeah, got a, he's, I think he signed a one year deal with the Storm next year. He seems like he's on the sort of Quade Cooper train, you know, yeah. the whole mentally being you know yeah. in the right spaces and stuff. Yeah, and nice guy, yeah, being a good guy. I think that's <laughs> where James at. Yeah. So good luck. Uh, good yeah, luck good to luck him. to him. But yeah, good luck to the Finns. They're, they're <laughs> playing some good footy at the moment. A couple of good good guys that uh, I'm surprised that haven't been able to pick up a. And then our old contract, Lachlan Tim's playing there. Um, very surprised that the Dragons didn't want him around. He tries his guts out week in, week out, and he's he's a good footballer. Put on this massive shot on the weekend as well, which led to a try for us. Oh, mate, spilled spilled his lollies. Um, yeah, they're playing some good footy. And then, yeah, some of the Warriors boys, they're lesser-known fellas. I'm assuming they're Warriors boys, but they're big rigs. Yeah. Big big centres and wingers and stuff like that. As You know, 100, 100 and something kilos. They're, they're big units and um, fast as well. So we've got a chance. We've got a shot. We just need to, uh, need to get there. Anyway. Up the fins. Up the fins. Mate, moving on. Uh, we obviously spoke about... We'll speak about EPL or, or a redemption story later on in Gumby's Goats, but EPL, we had a, um, some more games over the course of the weekend. Uh, we had some interesting ones. We had some some good stories, some inter- some some hard luck stories as well. Um, me and United will go through first. Your your boys uh, and this year my boys, yeah, they, they got a good win, 2-1 over a uh, dogged West Ham under controversy as well. Yeah. So, what? yeah, t- talk us through that. What happened in that one, mate? I think it was looking pretty pretty sound to start with Ronaldo on the score sheet. He mm. scored a crazy amount of uh, goals in just a short mm. amount of time. Yep. Bit of contrast to what Messi's doing at PSG, but yeah. we'll talk about that another time. Yep. United, yeah, they <laughs> had the uh, the late winner to Lingard. Yep. And um, obviously after the week he'd had, that was mm. huge. Before that, did they have a disallowed penalty or something like that? Or they had a penalty that yeah. they should have got awarded, but they didn't get awarded or something? But I think there was a couple of times on Ronaldo in the box that mm. they were, the defenders were all over him and the referee just didn't seem to want to give one. Yeah. And then the 93rd minute just decides to give one to West Ham. Yeah, I think that was it was a handball though. The, oh, was the it? Luke yeah, that's right. That was a handball. Yeah, yeah. I so, saw that. And then, yeah, the, the change to bring Noble on. I don't get it, mate. I've I've seen. I think I reckon I've seen it once in the history of 
of, of football, bring one a player on just to take the penalty, mm. I reckon it's come off once. Why, why, why do they do it, mate? I don't get it. I, don't, I guess sure. he was one of bloke with nerves of steel, and he probably is that for them. You know, you're, you're back in Noble to... You're right, but if he hasn't had a touch of the footy... Like, yeah. I don't know, if, if you're anything know, like yeah. me, mate, like, I, I need I need to get my hands and I need to get my feet on the footy, you know. I need to, to be in the game for a little bit just to get used to connection, you know, especially in, in a sport like football. Yeah. Be, I don't know, just something about, you know, how the ball feels off your foot would be so important I think because penalty especially penalty goals like it's not about strength it's not it's about finesse it's about placement you know like it's 99% of penalty goals successful ones are placing the ball in the right spot you know Um, oh yeah I don't know. I'm. I'm not a. You know. I'm obviously world class FIFA manager, mate. But uh, I don't manage for a job, so I don't know. It just seems that it's happened a few times this year, and it hasn't come off at all. Yeah, it was good for. I guess Lingard had his redemption, but so did De Gea. He's been mm. under the pump, and it was a mm-hmm. good save by him to to save the points for United. Yep. Goalkeepers of big clubs have to have the worst jobs, don't they? Yeah, they just get hammered. Yeah, because if you're letting goals, you're the one. Yeah, it's not the defenders or anything like that. And if they, um, yeah, yeah, they're talking about Matt Noble's miss, not the hey, save, save yeah. you know, like, yeah, crazy. And, like, you know, you go back to one of our favourite footballing stories of Aloisi's goal. We don't talk about the Swartz's save, the shot before, you no, know, we talk about Aloisi's goal, yeah. you know. So they've uh, they're pretty, got a pretty tough gig, and especially for those big clubs because you're expected to win. Yeah, on a regular basis, and you, know, you lose two in a row, and all of a sudden the goalkeeper and the managers, you know, they're the two positions you don't really want to be. Yeah. So anyway, but good on De Gea, yeah. It was a good save too. Well, it's good on him. What we had uh, a London derby, Chelsea beat Tottenham three mm-hmm. nil. Mm-hmm. Tottenham on the slide. Yeah, and Chelsea just we've I think we said a couple of times on the show we think that they're going to be mm-hmm. up around the top of the table, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. just looks continuing at the moment. Leicester's not playing well this year, hey. Been a bit average. Lost to Brighton, who I think is a genuine um, relegation contender, but I have been proven wrong so far. They're going all right this year. I uh, I said at the start of the year, them and Burnley are the the two that uh, are likely to go down. But uh, Brighton's come out swinging, and uh, Leicester's been, yeah, just a bit average. We'll see. It's a long season. I'm sure that they'll turn around at some stage. Villa, big win. Villa 3-0 over Everton, Rafa's boys, are, yeah. they've been on a bit of a run, but yeah, look, they're, they're disappointing for them. Yeah, speak about that, mate, because you obviously made it, yeah. I didn't want to talk about <laughs> it. <there. laughs> okay, it's all, all come undone, the, uh, the bold prediction. Yeah, bold prediction's already come undone. It'll win the League Cup. Gone. I'm surprised you said League Cup. I'm pretty sure you said FA Cup, but anyway. Well, maybe I should have <laughs> No good. City, score this draw. Yeah, that's interesting, hey. They That's, haven't been scoring many goals this year. No, nah. and it's they're going to play a lot of games, and who knows what's going to happen to mm. City? Obviously, they've got a lot of players there, and they've got a big squad, but yeah, they haven't got off to a good start. Arsenal, that's a big win, hey, because Burnley pretty tough to beat at home. Yeah, they're, they're a tough side, um, and they're strong defensively. And yeah, obviously Arsenal under the pump at the moment, but they've I think they've strung a couple together, haven't they? Yeah, they've had a couple of wins, and I think they had a good win in the League Cup mm. as well. Yeah, Put six nil, six past someone. So maybe it's turning around for Arsenal. They've uh, a few weeks now. Everyone's been on their back, probably unfairly. Mm. 
probably hasn't been so bad, but it's just fun to laugh at a big club. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we'll be back to baggies next week. And then poor old Norwich, mate. It blows my mind because didn't they win the championship last year? And I'm pretty sure they won the championship when they got promoted last time as well. And then they can barely win a game. So they get up. Up and down, yeah. But like, you know, Leeds were always around the cusp, but they didn't win the league when they got promoted. And then they've been the one side that stayed up and, and been strong like throughout. Got, and, yeah. You know, they, they should stay up again, you'd think. Um, whereas Norwich, just keep, they, they're like the whipping boys. But they every time they go back to the championship, they win. They finish one or two. You know, they get auto-promotion and then auto-relegation. It's crazy. We'll see how their season sort of goes this year. They're going to have a hard time staying up again. But the other ones are disappointing, mate. The Wolves this year, they've been really poor, hey? Mm. I love their striker, big uh, Adama Traore. Yeah. I've never seen such a staunch man. You know he, he claims that he doesn't go to the gym? Yeah. He's full of shit. He's, yeah, correct. Mm. He's a staunch bastard, he's, isn't he? Yeah. But he hasn't been scoring, mate. They haven't been scoring Wolves. You know, I'd be surprised if they scored five goals a year. I think they've probably scored maybe three goals uh, so far this season. They're really struggling. They're really battling. So they're um, them and Newcastle are the two teams that have been around a while that, that could be in contention for relegation spots. Mm. There's a couple Let's say of, with Burnley. Burnley's, I think they've only won, drawn. I think they've only got one point so far this year. Yeah. Their manager, what's his name, Sean Dyche. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's done a pretty good job with them because they don't have <laughs> they don't have much of a squad to be honest. No, yeah. they're just battlers. But there's they a couple no of money um, either. A couple of big games this week, man. Chelsea and Man City. Mm. That'll be a big one. Obviously, Chelsea up near the top, and Man City are heavyweights. Mm. We've got the uh, the London derby, Arsenal and Tottenham, always heated. Yep. That'll be a good one. So looking forward to that. And we'll see where, you know, Palace and, and Brighton are as well. They play. That that should be an interesting game. We'll see how Leicester's going. They play Burnley. Watford um, and Newcastle, they'll be an Australian referee in charge of that one. Yes. For the first time, Jared yeah. Gillett. Yep. Fans That's of the awesome. might, might remember him. In a relegation match, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, you know, obviously, yeah, like we said, mate, the, the one of the big stories is, yeah, Lingard, Booting home that goal and um, interesting that he didn't want to celebrate. Yeah, and then, uh, he was only there for a minute at got, West Ham, and then he got bullied <laughs> into celebrating. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, I think Bruno and, and Cristiano were in his ear yeah. and pushed him. Uh, it was like he was trying to go and talk to the girl he liked when he was eleven. Um, yeah, mate, but uh, good to see. Uh, you know, like I said, Man United. We you're you're a fan, and and I've tipped them to to go the the length, the journey. Um, Mm. So yeah, Chelsea and uh, Chelsea up top, and then uh, Liverpool and, and Man United in the you know chasing them uh, on the same points. Uh, all those haven't, or those three haven't lost, and they're the only ones that haven't lost so far this year. So come on, the Devils! Yeah. Come on, the Devils! Yeah, there you go, down the bottom there, Burnley, Norwich. Um, Norwich hasn't got a point. Burnley one point. Newcastle two points. Leeds floating. Uh, and then Wolves as well, they're probably a surprise packet, aren't they? Um, you know, only won one and, and lost four. They're in a world of hurt at the moment. Mm. So, we'll see. But Arsenal climbing. Yeah, and they've got plenty of fans and they'll be happy about that. <laughs> I know, everyone's been a bit quiet about Arsenal this week, haven't they? Yeah. Um, they're on a roll. Anyway, uh, any other news from the from the Premier League or, or world football, mate? I guess the, probably the other one is yeah, Messi uh, obviously wasn't happy being um, being subbed off the other yeah. day, but hasn't been scoring, has he? Hasn't been scoring. He's been popping yellow cards mm. and it's settling the debate 
about who's the greatest. Okay, oh, who is it? <laughs> Three games in, yeah, no worries. Oh. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. You know, I think, uh, yeah, Messi, uh, they should. <laughs> I'm sure PSG at some stage will turn around and at some mm. stage will score a hat-trick, but early days, although you can't knock a champion, eh? I'm sure, mm. sure it won't be long before he gets a bag full. He'll be back, mate. He'll be yeah, back. for sure. Uh, moving on to the AFL. Big week this week, grand final. Uh, so this is probably the first time in history that um, Melbourne hasn't had the AFL grand final and Sydney hasn't had their NRL grand final. In the same year. Yeah, in the same year. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And mm. obviously, Perth, big, they're, they're mm. AFL mad over there, they're, aren't they? Yeah, they're AFL very mad. Yeah. So it's good to see. It's Obviously, we know Brisbane love the league. Perth, mm. they love it over there. So it's good to share the love mm. around and... Mm. I'm looking forward to it, I'm sure. Are you going to watch the game? Would it be Saturday? Yeah. Saturday Sunday afternoon. Sunday evening, like 5.15, I think, is about. So just in time for, yeah, to, like I said, go on and watch the footy then. Well, the D's and the dogs. The D's, D's and the minor dogs. premiers, weren't they? D's and minor premiers. Uh, dogs, I tipped to be knocked out the first week of the finals. They're in the big dance. Um, yeah, D's and dogs, two good stories. Dogs um, were dominant all year. They were in the top two teams all year, same as the D's, and they fell off, lost the last three games, but they were able to regather and, and come back, and, yeah, they've um, they've been really good. And both um, both teams won by 70 or more points uh, in the in the prelim. Just gone. So Melbourne played Geelong and never even gave them a sniff. I think they won by 85 or something like that. And then... Um, yeah, uh, Bulldogs are leading forty-four to seven against Port Adelaide in Adelaide um, at quarter time. Wow. They just they killed them. Man, up, man, the crowd there. Yeah, correct. Fuck them dogs as well. They're <laughs> fucking grubs, mate. I've never seen a worse fan base than, than Port Adelaide fans. They're the number one worst in the world you'll yeah. you'll ever meet. Just absolute grubs. Um, and I don't know if you like Koshy, mate, but. Koshy's a big dog in Port Adelaide. Mm, I, I, I like a bit of hate, sunrise. Do you? Okay, mm. I fucking hate Koshy as well. He's a wanker. So just even more fuel, and they beat us in the 04, um, 04 grand final as well. So I hate Port with a passion. They're one of my most hated sporting teams in the world. Um, so good to see them get absolutely trounced um, and at home in a prelim when they thought they were just going to win. Um, they also didn't let Bulldogs train that week in, in Adelaide. So... Um, yeah, Bulldogs come out and win. So both full of confidence. Um, we saw big Maxi Gorn, big Ruckman, the captain for, for the Demons, come out and kick five goals, oh, including God. including one on the run from the centre square in the in the prelim. It was awesome. It was fantastic, mate. Um, and he's an upside-down face as well. He's got a big, long beard and, and no hair on top. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. my favourite sort of look. <laughs> yeah. So, mate, he's been playing some good footy. So, I'm, I'm really keen for it. Uh, I think the Ds might get the job done. I think they've just had an easier prep coming into the, you know, um, both teams obviously had the final, a week off last week, but yep. um, they've had less travel. They've, um, yeah, and, and they've won both their finals games. So, they'll be coming in full of confidence. And I understand the Bulldogs have won their finals games, but, you know, they're all must win. Takes a bit, of, you know, puts a bit of pressure on you then when you must win every single game. Um, whereas the D's are, are coming off two good wins and they've um, they've been spectacular. So I think the D's will get there. They're the favourites, but yep. I'm looking forward to a really good game. Hey, both when both teams are on, they're they're they're, they're really good sides, and um, we saw you know a number of their players, Paul Well and the Brownlow, and yeah, they've both had really good years. So I'm excited for it. 
Who's joined the pre-match? Have we got Meatloaf again this year? Oh, I don't even know, mate. Couldn't tell you. Someone from Perth. Always something to look forward to, hey, though. The yeah. Entertainment. I feel like, although it's not going to be at the MCG in front of 100,000 people, but... Yep. I think Optus Stadium maybe has 50,000, 60,000 or something like that. It's a pretty yeah. good atmosphere in there when it's packed out. It looks outstanding, mm. eh? Just on the television. Looks mm. like the place to be. Yeah. It's just one of those new age stadiums that I feel like if it's empty, there's not much character there. You yeah. know what I mean? So when it's packed, it's going to be pumping. It's going to be amazing. Get the lights on and yeah. it'll be good. Oh, mate. And it'll be... Yeah, I think. Or actually, I know. Take it back. 7.15 must be the bounce because it'll be 5.15 over there. Okay. So, so it'll, it'll get- be like a twilight. Might get nighttime premieres and a daylight bounce. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. So, should be an interesting one. Like I said, D's on top, but there's been no real talking points, I guess, out of it. You know, it's been a pretty quiet week um, for the AFL and, and pretty lucky that the uh, game's not going to be in Melbourne because of what's going on at Melbourne at the moment. Um, writing galore. So, mm. uh, that probably would have ruined the grand final parade and the actual match itself. But I don't know. I feel Do you think that maybe Victorians would have behaved themselves if they, they're they just protesting that everything's get taken away? Yeah. Give them their grand final. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. What yeah. happens? Yeah. Well, it's tradies, right? They're all about that footy life. Yeah. Yeah. We like building things and watching football. Yeah. You know, pretty simple. Playing pokies mm-hmm. occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> occasionally. Yeah. Every day. Um, Mate, I've got got. If you're gonna watch it, I recommend doing a drinking game then. Yeah, yeah, okay. Don't know if you watch it by yourself or not. <laughs> you watch it with people, but uh, me and the boys always play a drinking game every year. That you pull a random name out of the hat, and uh, every time they get a touch, you have to drink. Uh, every time they kick goal, you have to skull. Every time they get a behind, you have to have two drinks. Like there's always different rules to it. So um, get around it, mate. Is there like a certain good. player that you just wouldn't want to get? Like imagine if you're Doing something like that in the NRL, you wouldn't want like a Paul Gallen who has 20 runs, for example, yeah. in the AFL. And makes there? 40 tackles, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a bloke you would be not wanting like, to draw out of the hat? Most midfielders. It, this year, it would there'd be two guys um, from Melbourne, a guy called Clayton Oliver, who averages 30-something touches a game, yep. a few tackles and stuff, good player, clearances, yeah. And there's another guy, McRae, who I'm pretty sure had... Um, it broke the average disposal per game or something. I don't know. No, I'm probably making shit up, but he averages 30-something per game. I think he he might, he might have gone close to a record this year. I think he had like seven or eight games over 30 touches in a row, which is pretty remarkable. Like the, an average person probably averages maybe 16, 17 touches, so he was double the average. So he's, um, yeah, they're the two that you probably wouldn't want to get. I'll get you pretty, so, pretty, pretty fucked yeah. hard. Yep. <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> Dusty Martin's a good one not to get because yeah. he usually keeps a couple of goals as well. So on the skull, Bont might be a bad one to get actually because he's good for a goal or two. Same as Kristen Petrarca. They'll probably have 20-something disposals in, in and in a goal or two. So, yeah, he might be. Yeah, depending on how fuck old you want to get, they might be the ones you want to get. Everyone's <laughs> different, <laughs> uh, it, It'd be boring if you got someone that didn't touch the ball, so... Maybe. Anyway, that's AFL. Uh, we've got the cricket starting this week as well, the domestic cricket, mate. Uh, we're obviously watching a little bit of this week. How do you think Queensland will go this year? Uh, well, Queensland, they're generally okay, aren't they? Mm. WA look like they're going to be the real <laughs> strong ones. They're mm. always good in domestic mm. cricket. And New South Wales are going to be strong. Queensland, who have we got this year? Kawaja? Yeah, we'll probably watch the same team as last year. Yeah. It's going to be interesting because most Australian players mm. probably dropped back for the one day cup because we're supposed to play that test in oh no when is the 2020 world cup in about a month's time we've got oh okay yeah 
So I think that like Marsh yeah. and a lot of those guys that play for WA are going to have a break now. Mm. They're not going to play for a little while. Yeah, because it's going to say because that obviously the test was supposed to be on. Yeah, around now wasn't it the, a test against Afghanistan or was but, it later? I can't remember scheduling. It's going to be a wild end of the year for cricket because yeah. we've also got T Twenty World Cup and the Ashes. Yeah, lots happening. So anyway, we might see some Australian players. We might not. Yeah, well, hopefully. if we don't, because we never get anyone picked for Australia here in Queensland, we might be a good chance. Yeah, we should, Dave. Eh? Um, mm. Like a guy like Kawaji, you know, why would you come to Queensland? You get dropped, you come to Queensland, it's just a death sentence. <laughs> he's nice up here, mate. It is quite nice, yeah. <laughs> Pretty good place to retire, and he's not far off retiring. Yeah. Plus, he just plunders runs. Yeah, well, if you keep, well, look at Sean Marsh, he's still going around. Maybe mm. Kawaji's just got another 10 years ahead yeah. of him. Marsh also got one today, so. <laughs> Unlucky. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, we we'll obviously watched a bit of it today. WA looked the real deal, mate. They're, they're a serious side. I think they had um, Philippi and, and Sean Marsh opening. Mitch um, Marsh, Mitch at, Marsh three. at three. Then they had at four. Um, anyway, their middle order was like Ash Turner, yeah. um, Darcy Short, Ash Cam Nager. Green, Ash Nagar. How many is that? That's four, yeah. Well, that must be the – who Turner must have come in at four then. Um yeah, so that good side. And then they've got Berendorf, AJ Ty. Yeah. Um, they'd have Richardson. I don't know if he's still playing, but maybe Richardson's gone to um, maybe the World Cup. I don't know. But um, Matt Kelly, they're pretty pretty stacked, really. Yeah. So they, um, if they can keep that side, I think Mitch Marshall will surely go to the T20 World Cup. You'd think Ashnagar would be. Um, yeah, well, he's playing unreal. He's got another 100. Just no. doing it for fun at the moment, eh? Yeah. And when we were playing those games overseas, he was the only mm. bloke doing anything for us. Yeah, so. correct, mate. Yeah, correct. Is he a chance of the Ashes? No chance. No, nah, he won't be. No, nah. he'll um he'll play the one days and play T Twenty cricket though. I think yeah. we've just given up on him. I think we're going to invest some time in a Cam Green for for Test yeah. match cricket. I think and Cam Green will probably only play the Ashes this year. Yeah. Um, if anything, for Australia, I think he'll be in the squad, but he, he surely should play. Should be our number six for the Ashes, but I don't think he'll play much one day or, or T20 cricket. I think they'll sort just... Sort of manage that workload. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Mitch Marsh will be the uh, all-rounder because he's, he's just playing good for, he's, You couldn't he's leave him flying out. at the moment, yeah. You couldn't, like, on his form. Yeah. And that's what, you know, Mitch Marsh always talks about how we hate him. No one hates him. We just hate the fact that he doesn't apply himself. You know, like, he's got all this ability. Like, yeah. he, he'd, he'd, he'd have a good all-round average for, you know, state cricket. Like, he'd, he'd probably average close to 40 with a bat uh, across, you know, one day and 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 a first-class cricket, and then he'd probably average 30-something, mid-30s with the ball. Solid cricketer, mm. but just hasn't ever shown it for Australia. But Did get that big. Was it a big double hundred in Perth? Yeah. Probably the only real moment is. Yeah, that's the only thing he's done. Yeah, and he still averages under 30. So, yeah, when you got that padding it up, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not going good. So, you know, come on, Mitchie. We want you to do something for Australia. We're yeah. behind you, lad. You think, you, yeah, you'd say he'd get picked before Stoinis for the T20 World mm. Cup, and um, well, at the moment anyway. So, he's, he's got to be there or thereabouts. Um, but yeah, another 100 for him today. Philippi, first 100 for. His domestic or his um, list A career, um, one day career. So that was, and it was an awesome hundred as well. Hit three sixes in a row to bring up the hundred. It's fucking great. Yeah, poor Spinner's got carded. Um, 
But yeah, three sixes straight over cow corner, straight in the same spot, three in a row. He wasn't going to poke and prod through the 90s. Nah, no, don't worry, just get it done. Because they were, so Mitch Marsh at the time was on 96, I think. And then, um, yeah, Philippi was in the 80s. And um, everyone was like, you know, Mitch Marsh, he's 100 first, and then we'll see Philippi. And anyway, no, nah, not to be. Three balls later, boom, boom, boom. 100 for Philippi. And then uh, Mitch Marsh next, I think, first over the next. Uh, first ball the next over went out and boundary 100 done so yeah wa tough to beat queensland would be there or thereabouts uh, i think the way they operate nowadays is they get all the marsh one day cup first and then they go into the shield cricket and they break for the bbl and then they go back to shield i think there's shield cricket starting next week man eh? is it this year might be different eh? i think with mm. the with the scheduling well, hopefully yeah they fucking butchered it out. i hate how they play the whole summer in the bbl I don't Shits like me. the Marsh One Day Cup being over so quick. I feel like that needs to go through, yeah, the, through the summer. Yep. I don't know. Just give you a feeling that it's like a proper season, not mm. not just a little tournament. Like especially mm. when they play it in one spot. Yep. I don't really like that. I, yeah. I guess it's to prepare for World Cups and things like that. Yep. But I'm not a fan. Yeah, I think especially at the moment though, they're doing it because of COVID. COVID they're yeah, Adelaide yeah. and they played mostly Shield games in Adelaide last year. Um, you know, obviously us being Shield champions, mate. Hopefully, we can come out and do the do the same job. I can't really see anyone that's going to be picked for Australia. Maybe Nisa here and there, but he's he's not really playing, is he? Um, he's probably not going to get an Ashes run. So no, it's our attack's pretty. Uh, they probably won't play all five though. Like Stark and and uh, you would just say that they're getting on. Do they need to rest him throughout the summer? Uh, well, Cummins is younger than us, even though he's been around for a long time. He's probably twenty six or something. So Hazelwood's probably- I think is twenty six or twenty seven. Stark is probably our age. So they're probably all good to play five. Though. Yeah. Barring injury. Potentially. We'll see. We'll see how Starkey's form's going, mate. I'm still not a fan. I'm, I'm still not happy that he, he's there. But anyway, we'll, um, we'll look at something else. But, yeah, it's going to be a good summer of cricket and it started. Yeah. Excited for it. You know, T20 World Cup, Ashes, Queensland, good chance and domestic comps. Um, the Heat, not so much. But anyway, you never know. They, they could show Anything up. Anything can happen in the Big Bash. Yeah, correct. And we've seen that before. But, um yeah, it should be an awesome summer of cricket, I think. Mm. But it's kicked off, uh, and we're excited to see it. But, uh, mate, moving on, um, I don't know if you have any talking points from from the world of sport at the moment. I guess the big thing for me, we, we sort of covered through the rugby league, was mm. obviously the, the trainer on the field. I thought that really, just really unfortunate for Parramatta, I guess. Mm. Probably my big, and, and Lingard, I guess we've sort of covered everything I, yeah, cool. I got excited by. Okay, no worries. I'll, mate, for me, it's racing. Yep. So we've seen the spring really kick off, and um, we've got the Moya Stakes on Friday night, and then we've got the Golden Rose and the Underwood on Saturday. So Friday night, Mooney Valley's back, so it's fantastic. Um, and then, yeah, we obviously get in deep into the spring now you know most of the good horses have now had a run we saw on the weekend we saw a couple of group ones um we saw very elegant win another one she's an absolute star she now makes it nine um and she was as dogged as ever she was brilliant but those three the other two horses around her riadini he's been fantastic this prep he's um he's a good chance in epsom mate so if you put if that you know, in the book, put that in black book. He's he's a good lightweight chance in Epsom. Um, he's been fantastic, and then think it over. Has he looked like a genuine midweeker at the start at the start of his career? But now he's come on. And he's a genuine Group One horse, and he was brilliant. Um, and they spaced the rest. So 
they're your three class horses moving forward. I think, yeah, Rio Danny's the Epson horse. Not sure where the other two go. Um, you know, they'll probably give a uh, very elegant one more run in, in Sydney, I'd say, and before they get it down to Melbourne because you might have to miss a run with all that, you know, everything that happened that has to happen between now and then. So I think the Hill Stakes is now a half a million dollar <coughs> race or a million dollar race or something. So you probably see a run in that. That's a 2,000 metre race. She probably wins that, especially if it's wet. Um, but, yeah, this weekend we see um, probably the class three-year-old, probably the best three-year-old we've seen in a couple of years, Animo. Uh, running the Golden Rose, and he's odds on, $1.95 at the moment. And he's an absolute star. So, you know, bet on the weekend, mate. Maybe maybe um, back him. But he's a he's a serious horse. I'm really excited to see what he does in the Golden Rose. He came back um, uh, in the run to the Rose, which is one of the traditional leads, lead-ups to the Golden Rose, and, and, and won really well. So, really excited to see what Animo does. I'm really excited. There's a horse called Giannis. Yeah. Okay, like Giannis and Tuntacumpo from uh, Milwaukee Bucks over there in the NBA. He's a good horse as well. He's nine into one in the same race. So he um, he's going to run a race. He's he's going to go on to um, to good races over maybe 2,000 metres. So maybe have a look for him in things like the String Champion and a few races like that. Maybe some of the guineas as well that they have. Um, so that's Sydney racing. And then down in Melbourne, mate, we've only got five horses in the Underwood, the Group 1. Usually it's a crack field, but this year they've I think they've all steered away. Um, Zaki's building a, a resume that's um, pretty tough to overlook at the moment. So there's only four or five horses in the race. So Zaki will just, should just win anyway, but he'll probably be $1.10. Um, he'll probably lead and control. There's not really anything else. And hopefully pick up his first of his four. That we spoke about was going to happen. Yeah, that was uh, that was a bold prediction. So, look forward to good days racing on Friday night, and then look forward to a good days racing on Saturday. Just a shame that they've taken the meeting to Sandown for the Unwood. Usually, it's at Caulfield, but um, they're taking it Sandown, which is an absolute fucking goat track. So, I'm not happy with that. So maybe Rose Hill is the only betting place. But anyway, get around the racing this weekend, mate. Friday and Saturday, uh, Friday night, and then Sunday, Arvo. In for a treat, some good races, uh, mate. But moving on to to your time to shine, Gumby's goats. He's not very lean or mean, but he is keen. He's our answer to Scott Minto, and he loves his goats. It's time for Gumby's goats. <laughs> good stuff. Another week, another big countdown, mate. Uh, you know, yeah. I caught my this week. Okay, yep. Yeah, what we are uh, been in Manchester United the other morning. We saw mm. Jesse Lingard in the Champions League last week. He was. Public enemy number one. They wanted yep. to hang him up by his toes. Yeah. Setting up the uh, the late winner for the other team in the Champions League. But on yep. the weekend, came back, scored a goal. Big big story, the winning goal. Yep. I guess his club that he got loaned to last year as well. That's right. He didn't want to celebrate too much. Yeah. Because uh, West Ham, you know, so close to his heart apparently. Yep. Would have ripped my shirt off and, and <laughs> given it the big ones myself. But he's a good bloke, Jesse. And uh, it was a big, big redemption story. Got me thinking of what are some other... So some other comebacks we've seen over the years. Yep. So let's go straight into it. Redemptions, yeah. Number five, we had uh, the Queensland Origin team. Okay. Remember, as a kid, New South Wales were too good for Queensland yeah. for a few years there when they had Andrew Johns in the team and yeah. Brad Fittler and guys like that. Yeah. Too fat, too old, too slow, apparently. It's just too shit, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what everyone said. But yeah. um, it all started, it all turned around one year. 
yeah, when everyone said, you know, Sivan Siva and Lockyer and these guys were done and dusted in 2006, no one will ever probably forget Darren Lockyer picking that ball up in Melbourne mm. in game three with about two seconds to go in the game to to put it down and the match winner there for Queensland. Yeah. So big comeback story. And started I, the streak. I think a few careers were going to be over if, if yeah. they didn't win that series, but they got it done. A few careers were born. A few careers were born, so... Yeah. Well, really uh, I like out. that one. Thanks, mate. Thanks for putting that one in there. Usually pretty biased towards uh, your sides, but uh, I like the fact you've thrown Queensland in there. It's good. Yeah, well, it has to be in there. It's sort of, as you said, it sort of started for the next 10 years. They didn't give mm. us a break after that Queensland. Yep. It was a rough one. Number four, we got another rugby league one. Yep. When uh, Todd Carney, we'll remember him, just this amazing talent for Canberra as a kid, mm-hmm. but he just couldn't. Stop drinking. Yeah, yeah. Setting his mates on fire. Yeah. I think he stole a car as well in, in Canberra, went on a high-speed chase. Went on a high-speed place, which I think ended on foot. Yeah. If you're a professional athlete, you want to take him on on foot. Yeah, correct. And he's, he's he was that good of a football player that they didn't even sack him after that, but they sacked the guy that was in the passenger seat. <laughs> so, you know, it's how, how good you can kick a footy. And Todd, yeah. he got a few chances, but eventually they, they'd had enough after a bit. Yep. And they sacked him and... He went up to Atherton and apparently turned his life around. Came back for the Roosters. Dally M season. Stole it off Soward. Oh, <laughs> Todd, Todd Carney. It was a real feel-good story that year. Yeah. Everyone was pumped. I remember yeah. just from game one, him, he started the year at fullback. The Roosters had finished, I think, just about with... Might have been the Wooden Spooners the year before. Mm. Yeah, they were awful, yeah. And turned around and got all the way to the grand final against Soward's mob. Yep. I mean, Soward got the job done. But, yeah. You're right. Phenomenal year for Carney. Yeah, so I mean, Sauer gets the premiership ring, but Todd gets a Dally M in the feel good story, and he gets number four on the countdown yeah. too. So good on yeah. you, mate. Carney, good right. on you, Todd. I um, one thing I do have to say on that, it really pisses me off how people say that he was sacked because he pissed in his own mouth. <laughs> no, he wasn't. What about the six other indiscretions that he had before that, including a car chase in the middle of camera, setting a bloke on fire? Like, come on. It's not because he pissed in his mouth. <laughs> it was just—it was weird that that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Though, after <laughs> yeah. you've let everything else go, you come yeah. down hard on on some toilet antics. I, I, I suppose know. you know when it's your sixth or seventh chance with like your third club because you've been sacked from the other ones. Yeah, you've run out, of, run out of clubs to play <laughs> yeah, for. Yeah, correct. Keep at it, but uh, let's move on, mate. Number three. Yep. Well, let's uh, let's go, Eric Cantona. Okay. The Frenchman, Manchester United legend. Yep. Uh, in a game against Crystal Palace, got himself sent off for kicking an opposition player. Yep. The player had apparently been getting under his skin yeah. throughout, and he's lost lost his temper and, and yep. kicked out. Walking from the field, apparently a fan's had a few words to him. Yeah. And Eric's kung fu style, Zlatan yeah. Ibrahimovic, <laughs> eat your heart out, thrown himself into the crowd. A few, mm. few punches, he's had a real go. Fly kicked someone, didn't he? Fly yeah, kicked him. In the crowd. So think about that if you're going to the footy this weekend before you start yelling out over the crowd. Just think about Eric Cantona. It could be you. Could be you, yep. But uh, there was, as you imagine, everyone was outraged. There Mm. was calls for his head. Yep. They wanted him deported. Yep. Never allowed to play football again. Yep. Eric said, fuck that. (laughs) Eric came back the next year, captained United to win the league, the FA Cup. Mm -hmm. Sensational effort. Scored the winner as well, didn't he, in the FA Cup? Scored the winner in the final. The rest is history. Eric Cantona's mm. name forever be remembered at United. So, yep. And I think he'll always be remembered for kicking that bloke too. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So, good on you. Number two, we had 
Queensland at number five, and I don't like mm-hmm. them. I don't like this next bloke either, but mm-hmm. how could you not have Ben Stokes? Yep. I remember his debut, came down part of the England team. We killed mm-hmm. him. Yep. But everyone sort of noticed this young kid. He bats, he bowls. He's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. The world at his feet, and what does he do? Fisty cuffs. We love fisty cuffs too. Yeah, well, so does Not Ben. Yeah, correct. <laughs> and it's all right when certain people do it, but when Ben does it, we all come down hard and say, yeah. what an awful man. <laughs> yeah. Never let him play again, especially not in the Ashes, because he's a match winner. Mm. But he, they missed him for a little while there in England, but when he came back in that World Cup, mm. just about the player of the tournament, yeah. and in that final, two big sixes in the final over to draw, We'll tie it, tie it up. Mm. The super over another tie in England. Win it on. Yeah. Th- what was it? Count back. Count. And they hit more boundaries in New Zealand. Sounds a bit fucking like ridiculous. You pay for eight hours and then you go. Oh well, we can't decide to win it now. Well, why couldn't they just have another? Over? <laughs> I don't get it, man. <laughs> but, <laughs> play long enough as it is. Just play another over. It's another fifteen minutes. <laughs> but anyway, that's yeah. England. Um, I don't know, mate. How good was that? But he was, he was a man in that, wasn't he? He um he he fought, you know bought a bit of silverware home for for the English fans and in yeah. Well, I think the large last major trophy in any sport would have been 03, the the World Cup where they knocked us off here and in the rugby in, union. Yeah, in the rugby union. Um, but before that, fuck. Maybe what, back to sixty six. Maybe back to sixty six. Yeah, like they haven't done a whole lot in uh, any sport they've ever invented, but. Um, yeah, massive knock to, to be able to take the team home. And, um, you know, I think they were down to the tail as well. He was batting with the tail for a bit. And, um, yeah, brilliant knock. He was brilliant. Yeah, he's a big game player, isn't he? Definitely. One of the best cricketers in the world at the moment. And mm. on his way to, you know, he's already achieved a lot. Mm. Who knows, when at the end of Ben Stokes' career, he's going to be held in very high regard, I think. Yeah, probably one of the best. They've had a couple of good all-rounders. Mm-hmm. Um, in the last 50 years, England, both of them, uh, Freddie and then uh, uh, and the big fella Stokesy, and they're all game winners as well, but uh, he's right in the mix with those three as uh, goat all-rounders for for uh, England, I don't think, all, all, of all time. Probably sneak, might have an argument sneak in the top 10, but big game player. Definitely one Very of the good. best, and mm. let's get into goat number one. Yep, okay. And uh, goat number one, the biggest redemption story Guy on a bloke called Michael Vick. Yeah. Yeah. Got drafted number one in the NFL. Big, obviously, when you think about the talent pool of people that want to play in the NFL with number mm. one, mm. you're a gun. Yep. Got himself off to an absolute flyer in his career, but uh, involved in some naughty things, some dog fighting. Yeah, it's just a weird one, hey? <laughs> Everyone else, Ben Stokes, was involved in some, some human fighting. And yeah. This bloke, Vick's fighting dogs for... For entertainment? Yeah. For cash? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, dog fighting ringing at his house. Like he organised it. He was running it. <laughs> you definitely go to jail for that. Yeah. And he did. He did go to jail for that. No good. But he came back. He came back. And I, I guess public opinion was against him and it probably never really turned mm. too much. Maybe for a few. It's a pretty shit thing to do, isn't it, really? Yeah. Dog fighting. But after that, he had some of the best numbers statistically of his career after he came yeah. back. It's like he really... Spent that time in jail thinking. Yeah, with that, with that year that um, he joined Philly. So he tra- joined like a trade and trial deal or something like that. And uh, anyway, they, they accepted him to the 53-man squad, whatever they have. And he was allowed to play in week three and, and obviously played. And they um, they ended up with an 11-5 and record that year. 
Um, and as a quarterback, you obviously cop a lot of... You get all the praise for that, don't you? You get all the praise, and, and you obviously cop it in turn if you have a poor season, you know. So, um, huge. They made the playoffs. They end up getting beaten in, the I think, the conference playoffs. So, the, the I think maybe the game before the, the Super Bowl, the prelim, that we, we'd like to call it. And um, they got beat on that, but he threw a 76-yard touchdown like he had a phenomenal year. Yeah. Really said, forget about the terrible, terrible things that I've done <laughs> yeah. with dogs in my basement. Good on you, Michael. Number one. Number one. Good on you. Gumby's goats and just goes to show that if you can throw a football, if you can pass a football, if you can do something with a ball. We'll forgive most yeah, things. We'll get over it. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Mick. All right. Thanks for that. Gumby's goats for another week. Moving on to bold predictions. All right. I'm going to start off. Mine's not very bold, but it's like a multi. All right. All right, so I'm going to go in the grand finals. I'm skipping ahead to the NRL grand finals. Well. Yeah. I'm going to go Melbourne, Melbourne double. It's the D's and the Storm to both win. And I'm going to try and pick the Clive Churchill and Norm Smith. I'm going to go Clayton Oliver. I'm going to go to the two generals. Clayton Oliver, Jerome Hughes. They're my two, they're, they're my two picks. Hughes right. has been in good form. He's really come on as a footballer, so I think he's a... He's playing some great footy, isn't he? He's probably a good price as well. Most people probably have like guys like Pappenhuyzen and, and Munster and, yeah. and maybe Smith or Grant ahead of him, but um, that's going to be my call, mate. There you go. Mate, I'm going to go fairly similar. Eh? We're a week out, so maybe it's not bold, but maybe it is. We're a week out. Who knows if Melbourne are even going to make it. I think mm. that uh, the Clive Churchill medal for the first time, we're going to see someone go... Back-to-back in a, in a team that goes back-to-back. Pappenhausen will get the Clive Churchill medal. Okay. Next Sunday, it'll be around his neck. Double back-to-back. There you go. I wonder if that's ever happened. I don't I don't think it has, eh? Surely maybe in the St. George 11 in a row. Yeah. That a, that a, yeah, sure, you'd think so. Maybe Reg Gaznia gets a double. Maybe that's one for trivia when it's back. Yeah, maybe. Let's get around. That's a good one, actually. Let's, let's organise that, mate. Um, so that's us done for another week, mate. Week eight, how do you feel? Oh, pumped and just looking forward to the footy on the weekend. Maybe a couple of your racing tips as well. Yeah. Maybe I can buy myself something nice. Yeah, nice, mate. A, a new Roosters jersey next year. Maybe. My daughter's birthday next weekend. Oh, so. don't worry about that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's less important. But uh, anyway, we'll uh, we'll leave you on a bit of wisdom from your mate, Cantona, who uh, got a run in Gumby's Goats this week. Um, Eric, I don't know if it's going to be the first or last time he's going to get a run, but he's he was one of the goats. So maybe best monobrows, mate. If you're ever going to run that, him and Anthony Davis made millions, but still can't can't shave them. You know, the, the middle of their um, of their brow. But anyway, he's uh, he was a mastermind, yeah, on the field, but not so much off the field, you reckon? And uh, you got a bit of a quote from him um, after he got after he got sent off and, and suspended. Yeah. Um, Mate, what, yeah, what, what does he reckon? What? Was, uh, Eric, talking to the press after he was suspended, said, uh, when seagulls follow the trawler, it is because they think sardines will be thrown into the sea. Mm. Now, what did Eric mean? I couldn't, couldn't tell you, mate. <laughs> Maybe he just likes fishing. <laughs> Who knows? But he's the king. He is the king. Anyway, that's it from us. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. And remember to hit up the socials. Like, comment, share, whatever you need to do. And remember, kids... Sport's not about having fun, it's about winning.